Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today we have one of the most anticipated ones because we hit our second favorite for one of our hosts. We got Tom's Giants and we got Arizona Diamondbacks, an actual fun team to talk about here. It's young, it's exciting, and they're not going to a retirement home after this season. Arizona last year went 74 and 88, but it was a good improvement. Like it was a good 74 and 88. Uh, Zach Gallen had his breakout. Merrill Kelly also had a breakout. Tell Marte was a bit under his standards, but you know what? Down seasons do happen. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk about the best team in baseball and the Arizona Diamondbacks. These are two of the most volatile teams in all of baseball, and I think you can agree with that. Uh, these teams will be either good or bad. They could be right in the middle. They have a very high range. Steves, how are we doing? Uh, I mean, I'm excited to talk about it. I mean, I think we're all high on Arizona, and by high, I mean like having them play at least better or comparable to the San Francisco Giants. Um, the Giants are the epitome of mediocre, but they did go out and they got a lot of pieces. A lot of pieces is probably an overstatement considering nope. what Tom's uh, anticipation of their offseason was going to be. But uh, I mean, I think overall, I think both. I'm excited to talk about both these teams. Yeah, so we're gonna go kick it off in Arizona. Uh, the snakes are playing for rings. Obviously, they're a World Series contender this year. No, but there, there's a young core with a solid, like good young pitching prospects that can come up, and they good. They made some good offseason moves. Chaz, what are those moves? So they did lose. They lost uh, Kenyon Middleton, Ian Kennedy, Sergio Alcantara, Jordan Leplo. Uh, they traded Cooper Hummel and traded Dalton Varsho. But in return for those two players the, in the Cooper Hummel trade, they got Kyle Lewis. And then they got Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno in that Dalton Show trade. Um, I think we, I think we both, uh, or at least Tom and I, really like Kyle Lewis, and we are very, very hopeful that he will have a resurgence uh, in Arizona. Uh, Moreno and Varsho uh, are definitely Moreno's going to be very good. He hits the ball hard, and he does a lot of things well. Then they went out, they signed Evan Longoria, re-signed Zach Davies, and signed Andrew Chafin. Those are all one-year deals. I like it. I, I think, think it's a great – I think it's a good offseason. Yeah, Brad, go ahead. They, they didn't have to do much. They didn't have to go out and compete in the shortstop market. Um, And these are also like if push comes to shove and it's really just a couple guys that are doing well this year and the team's not doing great, Longoria, Davies, and Chafin could all be trade deadline guys. Um, And you're not really going to hurt anyone else's contracts by selling at the deadline if you have to. Yeah, I feel like this is a team that's not necessarily – at that point where they're like, it's happening. This I feel like there's about one or two more seasons before the the real takeover happens, and they're threatening the the NL West, which by the way is the best division in baseball, other than maybe the NL East. I mean AL East and NL East, man. So the East, NL East, and AL East, and then the NL West. The NL West is good, Stevs. Other than the Rockies, I the Rockies mean, pull it down so hard. I mean, yeah, but so is the AL West. It's just the Centrals that suck. Nah, uh, yeah, but. I just think they're not necessarily at that point of contention I, yet. I think you're overhyping the Giants, Tom. I'm talking about the Diamondbacks. Steps. I know, I know. I you, but you're saying like like the 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 NL West is the third most competitive, which it, there is an argument for it. But I think you're overhyping the. I, the I just Giants. feel like everyone's forgetting how many games we won two seasons ago. That, that yeah, doesn't two just happen. Two seasons ago, your team's completely different from that. From then, it it uh, no. Um. Anyways, back to the Diamondbacks. I think this is a team that had. I think this is already a successful rebuild. I think we're approaching a small dynasty slash, you know, dominant run here from the Diamondbacks in the next couple of seasons. Do I see it being this season starting? Uh, no, I think it's the next season. But the offseason moves that they did were all good, in my opinion. I think getting uh, Guriel and Moreno were both steals for Dalton Varsho, who I think will is a slightly overrated at this point. And then I think I like I mean, me and Steves, as you mentioned, uh, love Kyle Lewis. So I think I think you brought in some good pieces. I think we're going to really look forward to our Arizona Diamondbacks 2024 preview. That's yeah. That's what I'm already excited for. Like, cause this team has gotten slowly better, actually not slowly, quickly better. Like last season's preseason predictions, I would have predicted them to, to win like 70 games. And now I'm not expecting them to win that many more, but like, I'm still expecting them to win. And, and they have a future. That's what I'm saying. Now there's, there's a direction and I like it. I mean, for me, if they have a, 500 or better season then i could see them trying to be a little more competitive in the free agency market i think they're going to be because they they have prospects coming up uh we'll talk about some of the ones that are going to really affect the roster this year but the dimebacks they also have you know this true jones guy 
uh, fairly decent. He's a little bit far away. They've got this Jordan Lawler character. He's yeah, he'll be there soon. Like those are that's your shortstop and center fielder of your franchise. That's what they're supposed to be at least. And so that means that they can go work on the peripherals. But this free agent market's not the best. Yeah, and I I feel like I feel like I feel like they are a team that should be aggressive maybe at the deadline if they're in that contention. Because I mean I could easily see them being in that. Actually, no. I mean, there, there's a chance that they get in that wild card race. Do you think there's even a chance they enter that wild card race? Not really. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, you have the Giants that they're competing in their own division. Yeah. They're not better than the Dodgers or the Padres. They're not better than the Phillies, Mets, or uh, Braves. They're, I mean, they're probably they're not better than Miami either. So, like, they, I don't think they're they're in contention. I mean, if they are then I think they definitely should go – I mean, I'm, I'm not saying go all in, but, like, if they could make a good deal and a bargain, try and go do it. I could see the Diamondbacks at the trade deadline, even if they're out, trying to deal a couple, like, lower-tier prospects to a team that might be selling, like the Brewers, Willie Adamas or something. So they have a guy going forward for when their prospects are ready. They can move Willie Adamas over to second base, third base, wherever. But they still have a piece there where they can go from trades instead of having to sign in free agency. Yeah, I think a move like that would make sense. I just there's so many young guys coming up that the only open position on this field for him is probably like third base. I the the team is stacked. There is depth on this team now. So I mean, if you want to get into um the rotation so we can work down to the lineup, we can go through all the individual players that are, you know, blocking these young guys from coming up. Steves, you want to start us off with the rotation? Yeah, their uh, number one, Brad's favorite player, Zach Gallen, uh, Merrill Kelly, Madison Bumgarner, uh, Tom's favorite player, and then Zach Davies and Ryan Nelson. So that's their starting five. Honestly, no, it's not a bad starting five at all. Madison Bumgarner is not what he used to be um, on the Giants, but he is he is definitely still a, a baseball player. Um, past that, Merrill Kelly does his thing. And Brad, you want to talk us through Zach Gallen's season? Well, Zach Allen was a Cy Young candidate last year, and he showed signs of life in 2020 and 2019 when he was up in MLB. Uh, he's a guy that pounds the strike zone. He gets swings and misses both in the zone and outside of the zone, which is a really good sign of success. Zach Allen went down the stretch, and I think he had a 44 scoreless inning streak, which was uh, top 10 all time. And just everything surrounding it also supported the fact that he was a really good pitcher, uh, and there's no signs of stopping. Uh, the kid's young, he's good, and he's got a good pitching coach behind him as well. Yeah, that's a good point. The pitching coach is very good because they brought in a guy like Zach Davies, who was probably bottom 5% in the league in every statistic in 2021. And then he didn't turn into a great pitcher, but he turned into more of a soft contact type of guy. I mean, that's what you get in this, this with this pitching coach. There, There is some progression. I mean, I will say Zach Davies and Madison Bumgarner are a bit underwhelming in this rotation. Um. You got young guy Ryan Nelson coming up, uh, and Merrill Kelly is severely underrated at this point. But do you think there's enough de- depth in this rotation to, you know, have be considered like a top ten, top fifteen? Yeah, I do. I think they're they've got two or they've got three kids that are coming up that could really benefit. Ryan Nelson being like the one that's kind of etched into the rotation. I could honestly see Bum Gardner getting getting the boot. Yeah, it's happening. It's gonna happen soon. Um, let's head over to their bullpen. They got Andrew Chafin, Kevin Ginkle, uh, Joe Mansupply, Mark Melanson, Miguel Castro, Scott Mago, uh, Kyle Nelson, and Corbin Martin. I honestly, I actually like this bullpen. Like, it's not the best bullpen we've covered, so I, I don't hate it. I think this bullpen has a lot of, like, it. it's, like, good, it's good bullpen arms. It's nothing great. Yeah. It's nothing exceptional. Uh, maybe outside of like Andrew Chafin is one of the best lefty relievers in baseball, completely underrated. But it's got like it's got three five ERAs written across the board, and I think that's perfectly acceptable for a bullpen. Yeah, there's no like there's no standout guy who's gonna just take this closer role. But I mean, Joe Mantiply showed signs of you know stardom last season. Uh, Andrew Chafin's good. They got two good lefties, Mark Melanson in his age seventy five season, but he's still somewhat effective on the mound out there. Um, and obviously you got the younger guys coming up. If they can't make it in the rotation, they might be in that relief spot. Um, so there's do- definitely a lot of pitching on this team and a lot of potential on the uh, defensive side. Yeah. I Lincoln's think it's almost 40. 
<laughs> I know, 38. He's almost 38. He turns 38 at the end of the month. Yeah, that's another guy who could get moved if they're just like, all right, you know what? We're in a good spot like for next year, but let's just get rid of a few pieces and get ready for next year. Um, I think the Andrew Chafin pickup was really good. They got him at a discounted price. And it again, it's a solid bullpen. It's not going to win you a division or a wild card spot, but it'll keep you competitive. Uh, you guys ready for this this lineup? Um, so you got Corbin Carroll out in left field, Cattell Marte at second, Jake McCarthy in right, Christian Walker at first, Josh Rojas at third, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. at DH, Alec Thomas in center field, uh, Gabriel Moreno behind the dish, and Nick Ahmed at shortstop. Their bench consists of Carson Kelly, Evan Longoria, Kyle Lewis, and Geraldo Perdomo. I, I like this lineup. I mean, okay. I, again, I think... I think we're high. We're high on this this team, but yeah, Fangraphs it, originally had um, Carson Kelly penciled into the catcher position, so I went and fixed that for them. Uh, you've got one of the top catching prospects in baseball. He's going to be the opening day catcher. He, Carson Kelly should not be blocking a top prospect catcher. Uh, you got great defense of Nick Ahmed, but then you go towards pretty much you know one through seven, and you have like actual like contributors, not just everyday players you got contributors to a lineup yeah and i think i think having corbin carroll the fastest player in baseball leading off is probably uh something that they would want so i th- there's a lot of things in this lineup that that are working out for him says what are you what are you saying uh, he is did you guys see the video of him on Instagram? yeah he is so fast jesus um i just uh so to, to tom tom and i's uh love for kyle lewis i'm just i'm sad that he's blocked off because all three of the outfielders are probably going to stay that way um i i wish you could get an everyday opportunity to really try and iron out his things but maybe a bench role will benefit him i could see him taking jake mccarthy's spot if there was any spots to be taken jake mccarthy kind of struggled with like hard hit uh, baseballs last year uh, the defense is pretty solid from what I remember but I just think if anyone is if any spots are available it is Jake McCarthy's for the taking uh just double and I, his I defense and it was it was aggressively average uh with <laughs> he's just a fast, 298 yeah, exper- yeah he's, just, he's he fits into that profile though I do think Jake McCarthy might move down that lineup more towards the Alec Thomas spots of that lineup for sure I think I think by the end of the season, Kyle Lewis will get some time in the field. He'll get a chance to prove himself again. We just got to hope he um, makes it a full season without uh, going down with another injury like he has been. Agreed. I wanted to look at Josh Rojas real quickly to see if like he's going to stay at third base or it's going to be Evan Longoria. Because Evan Longoria is going to be a great leadership position on, or leadership player on that team. I think it was a really I mean, good signing. Yeah. He was great. He's he's a very good player. He was good on the Giants. He was just always injured. I mean, when he was on the field, he was he was pretty effective. I mean, like very effective. Not like an all star level, but he was he he could hit, and he still could field. By the way, so I mean, it's just his health that's a concern, and I think it should concern the Diamondbacks a little bit. But I think that's why they have him on the bench. I guess Evan Longoria will be the third baseman at some point this season. Uh, that's that's, that's my scouting report on Josh Rojas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this this line is a little bit questionable. I can see Moreno going up, Thomas going up, Guriel going up, McCarthy scooting down, and Rojas scooting down a good bit. Um, and their bench, again, we touched on Lingoria and Lewis. Peraldo's a perfect, you know, utility man infielder for backup. Like it it's solid. It's genuinely it's solid. I honestly think like I'm not gonna say it's the most well-rounded lineup, but it's like the most like like top to bottom, I'm not gonna say like mediocre lineup, but like none of these players are gonna be showstoppers. They're maybe outside of Corbin Carroll if he's what we think he is, which so far he has been. Um, but none of these players are gonna be showstoppers. They're gonna go out there, bring their lunch pail, get the job done, and and go back home. And this is a slightly above average at everything team. Yeah. Um, and then to talk about some of them prospects, obviously we've mentioned Corbin Carroll. He's got that 80-grade speed. He's got a really high strikeout rate in a small sample. But in those 32 games, that small sample, he put up 1.4 war. That's a pretty good ratio, if you ask me. Uh, He walked a lot in the minor leagues, but it hasn't really kicked in yet. And then in the 32 games, he had five outs above average in only 32 games. So that's, you know, 25 outs above average for 160 games. That's pretty good. Um, and 
they've got Brennan Fat, big big Brad guy. Uh, he's capable of getting whiffs on every pitch, which is a really good thing. Hence Zach Allen, uh, mid to upper nineties. He should enter like he's supposed to be entering as a mid rotation starter. Good strikeout total, but he does struggle a bit in the fifth category, which is a little bit uh, telltale sign that he might walk a guy or two. But you know what? That's okay. Yeah, I think this was this should be a definite call up for midseason. I think Brandon Fat deserves a chance. I mean, he's been when you when you succeed in the AAA level, you, you deserve to get a call up, especially when there's guys like Madison Bumgarner and Zach Davies in your way. Yeah, and uh, I think he could easily be there. Uh, Steps, what are you gonna say? Uh, no, no, I was gonna say that. Like, I mean, we've talked about him a bunch. What what episode did we rookie we have? Was he was he was the rookie draft? And I think we all kind of fell in love with him uh, at that when we were when we throughout the entire time talking about him and when we were doing research for that. So I think we're all kind of excited to watch him play. Yeah, and they've also got Ryan Nelson, who we mentioned, slotted into that starting rotation. He had a two twenty four expected ERA in his eighteen innings last year. That's pretty good. Uh, his four seam is really effective, and in 18 innings, it already had a negative five run value, which means it could easily be one of the best pitches in baseball. Uh, his issue is he just drops off from ready to 93 to 81, 82. He needs something to kind of connect the dots there, uh, so hitters aren't just you know sitting back. If it's not a fastball, you have an opportunity to drive something to the opposite field. And then lastly, they have Dre Jamison. Uh, he offers a variety of locations, but his changeup was just sprayed high and into righties, which I don't think you want to leave a changeup there. Uh, slider and sinkers are both really good and one unique thing about him is that a lot of the diamondbacks you think zach Allen, you think merrill kelly they work on the vertical plane jameson has the option and opportunity to break the mold if he works horizontally and that gives him additional value uh because it's a unique lens he could easily come out as a multiple inning reliever to begin the season and maybe find a spot in that starting rotation yeah i mean that's that's three big pitching prospects for this team um do you really think that all three of them will get the chance this season to pitch at a major league level? I mean, Nelson and Jamison were both up at for points last year. Um, I well, obviously we know yeah. Nelson will be up on the opening day roster, but I think Jamison should be. Yeah, I'm excited to watch these guys. I think there's definitely I mean, maybe a potential for a six man uh, rotation at some point during the season to get more more uh, reps in for the young guys. Definitely. All right, you guys ready to head into predictions? Yeah, Stems lead us off. You want me to? Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, standings, I had them going 80 and 82, uh, much better than they were last season uh, and slightly below 500, fourth uh, in the NL West. Uh, MVP, I have as Corbin Carroll. I think he kind of needs to come in and be that type of star that we kind of expect him to be. So he is also most important for this team. Uh, Cy Young, Zach Gallen, and then Breakout. We talked about him a bunch. I love him. Uh, Kyle Lewis, um, I think even if he doesn't have your traditional breakout, I think he'll have that type of his career will kind of be saved by being a bench bat type of player. I like that. Yeah, I'm right about there with you. Uh, I saw Brad's facial reaction. I'm not sure if he's lower on them or higher on them with the record. I am I am at 79 and 83, so it's not much, not, not off much for you, Stevs. Um, I had their team MVP as Christian Walker. Obviously, cleanup in this in this lineup will be very important. I think he's going to hit another thirty bombs, maybe thirty five bombs. He might be up there in that that home run chase. Um, for the most important player, I have Zach Allen. I I think we're starting to overrate him. I'm not saying overrate him in the sense that he's not one of the best in baseball and he's not going to win the, the Cy Young. But I feel like we kind of treat him like he's been a perennial Cy Young candidate for like ten years in a row. He's only been good for one season, and it's like. If he gets injured, this this team is kind of screwed, you know. So it we're there's a lot of weight on Zach Gallon. Um, and then Cy Young, I have yeah, Gallon again, uh, very important player to this team, and he should be leading this rotation. And then the breakout, I have Corbin Carroll, shocking. Um, mine was literally the exact same as Tom's minus the record, which was a whopping 80 and 82. Um <laughs> I was making the face because it was the exact same record. I have Christian Walker, uh, Zach Allen, Cy Young, and most important, and the breakout is Corbin Carroll. I think there's there's pieces on this team that are pretty consistent, but there's going to be a lot to watch on the outside of like the main stars of the team, where some teams, like some middle-of-the-pack teams, there's just going to be you watch the stars and there's not really anything surrounding it that you're excited to watch Tom and his Cubs. Um like the Diamondbacks, there's actually like people that you should be excited to watch. Like I will tune in to watch some of the rookies pitch. Like it, it is a gen, it's a fact. 
Yeah, I feel like this team, more than other teams, other teams that are doing these weird reverse rebuilds, this team has done it the right way. And I think this rebuild will work out for them. And I'm excited for the future. I don't think it's going to start this season, but I think we're going to start seeing these flashes. I agree. And so we talk about the future, right? I think this ceiling is is only like an 84-85 win team. And this yeah, is where I, everything I goes that. correctly. But it's like, it, it's still a respectable number. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like if everything goes right, I mean, you got Cattell Marte back at his like MVP level. You got like Christian Walker and thirty five bombs. Corbin Carroll steals you like thirty bags and hits doubles. Has like a twenty five outs above average season. That's a really good team actually, but I just don't see the pitching side of things coming through. It's really just, and it's ironic because they have such good pitching uh, like st- staff to coach them. I just don't know if I trust all the young guys. This is a very young pitching staff outside of Mark Melanson. Yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely agree with you at that eighty four eighty five win ceiling. As far as a floor goes, like I would say, prop. What was there? What was the, how many they seventy four? What was there? I would say around there would probably be their floor. What do you guys think on that? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And I don't honestly think you said before this that this team's volatile. I kind of disagree with that. It's just whether it's a competitive 77 plus one team or kind of just a a lousy non-developing 74 to 77 win team. I feel like that's what I that's what I kind of meant. Like cause th- their their season last year, you would have been like 74 and 88. That's kind of that's kind of bad. But you looked at how they played and you saw so many parts of improvement across the entire roster and you would say man that's a very good improvement that's a that's a a breakout season for a whole team you know um Mm -hmm. so i i'm i'm just kind of expecting more forward steps the progress to just keep going maybe a couple more breakouts you know just to show that the roster is in fact stacked and they have more young guys coming up so i think this is promising for a team like this yeah and so with that, I think it's time for Tom to get his tangy yes! balls. Oh. Um, it's time for the San Francisco Giants. And um, last year wasn't great for y'all. You were the definition of mediocre. You went 81 and 81. Uh, it was a really injury-plagued season. There wasn't a lot of, like, health to the team. And Carlos Rodon had a scion caliber season, though. Hey, how about that? Um. <laughs> I, I would agree with you on the, the injury plague season. I don't know how how things like this happen. You know, you, you win 107 games. You break the all-time Giants record for a single season. You, you take down the Dodgers and then lose to the Dodgers the next week. But that's fine because they ended up losing later. That's okay. Um, I don't know how a run like that ends with the next season going 81 and 81. The, there was a lot that went wrong. And I think the main problem was the way that this team is run. There's a lot of platoon bats. There's a lot of you know, pitching changes. There's a lot of things that are, you know, relying on different guys. So it, I feel like it's a lot less reliant on stars. And that's kind of the thing about this team. Um, the entire bullpen disappeared last year. That was the problem. That that was our main problem. Along with injuries on the offensive side of things, the entire bullpen was gone. There was not really a good side other than Camilo Duvall in that bullpen that really stood out. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just a one season wonder from like six or seven guys in that bullpen, or if it was just a very bad season for six or seven guys it, it was definitely an anomaly to see such a good bullpen turn into a weaker a weak point for this team i mean i think there's more of the team that you're neglecting didn't succeed over the team ops of 705 that's for 23rd hey. mlb um it's it just it didn't work and the issue there is also where some teams will like the rays will purchase like both young and veteran the giants pretty much solely went veteran and that can bite you in the butt when veterans kind of tend to crumble a little bit easier. Yeah. And I, I'm always like, let's trust Farhan, you know, Farhan's got a plan, but I I'm not sure. It's just so weird when something clicks so well and it wasn't. And, and Brad, you, you always say that it's like this Mickey mouse run, but like a, a very telltale sign of dominance is, is run differential. And, and we had like a very good run differential, like tied with the, with the Dodgers that season. Like it wasn't just like, you know, like when you when you usually overachieve, your run differential is like zero. You know, like a team that like overachieves, you win a bunch of games that you shouldn't have won. But the the Giants, 
were a were just a powerhouse that season. And I think that was helped by the fact that we had a healthy Descalfani, we had a healthy Gosman, and he's still on the team. We had Buster Posey, you know, we had we had breakout season, re-breakout seasons from Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford. Everyone seemed to hit their peak at the same time. And that that kind of all fell apart this season. And I think it slightly because of injury, slightly because of age. Um, but I I see I see 2021 as the best case scenario, and I see 2022 as one of the worst case scenarios for the Giants. Yeah. So just... where does do... go ahead? I get at it. Um. So let's talk about some of the players they lost. They lost Shelby Miller, Brandon Bell. Uh, he went out to Toronto. Uh, I still dislike that move. Uh, Carlos Rodon has to New York, and Evan Longoria. We talked about him in Arizona. But they got Carlos Correa for about seven days, uh, and then he decided to go to New York and then went to uh, side two. Um, and then, but they re-signed Jock Peterson, uh, signed Mitch Haniger, Ross Stripling, Sean Manaya, Taylor Rogers, Michael Conforto, Luke Jackson, and then Arson Judge. Why did you add that in the list? Oh. Why is that in the list? How is that in the list? Who <laughs> put that there? How did that get in the list? Wait, wait. No, no. Um, this this was a the Giants. You know, we stumbled, we fell flat on our face, but you know, we got up off the mat. You signed Conforto, you <laughs> Rogers, you signed Hanniger, and okay, Jock Peterson is extremely overpriced. We we signed him for way too much, but it's okay because he's good. But the way the way that we recovered this offseason, I think that makes us one of the offseason winners. You you compare us to the other ball clubs in the, around the league, there it's it's about expectations. The expectation was we would have the greatest offseason of all time. We didn't do that, um, but we went out and got a lot more players than a lot of other teams, and I think we did address a lot of different positions. We we, so, add, we addressed the depth. So I can't say you can't say you're an offseason winner when your expectations heading into the offseason was signing guys like. Conforto and Sean Manaya and re-signing Jack Peterson and then Aaron Judge or Carlos Correa. You yeah, instead I mean, okay, here's the thing. They did sign Carlos Correa. And they did Fair. sign Arson Judge. It's all gonna look good when Arson Judge bats 150 this season and, and gets DFA'd at the deadline or something. Hey, and and Carlos hey. Correa just his leg just falls off <laughs> midseason. And and it's gonna look so smart. And the Giants are gonna look like the best team in the league. And by that point, this is a Joey Votto prediction. The Giants are gonna be like 150 and, and zero. Uh <laughs> so I will say I I like their offseason. If if there was zero expectations, like you were expecting the Giants to make next to no moves, it's a good offseason. It's, it's a great offseason. They went out, they signed some outfield pieces, they re-signed Jock Peterson, got some bullpen depth, and got uh got some starting pitching. Like it's a good, it's a good offseason. It's just your expectations were Aaron Judge or Carlos Correa, and you didn't you didn't do that. You got Arson Judge for seven minutes. Yeah, and I, I feel like I feel like with the whole Aaron Judge fiasco, like he he was loyal this whole time. I think I I think from day one he really did want to be on the Yankees. He didn't he didn't he wanted his legacy more than money. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a chance he would ever go to the Giants. I think he was just visiting us. Like and and the whole the whole reason was like. The Giants fumbled Aaron Judge was because John freaking Heyman tweeted out saying we had him. And if he didn't do that, we'd honestly no one would be saying we fumbled him because he was supposed to be loyal to the Yankees. It was supposed to happen. The, the Giants were in that conversation, but we were not supposed to get Aaron Judge this offseason. He was supposed to go back to the Yankees. It, it, it's like the the fumbles, the fumble was because of John Heyman and his 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 really fast fingers that weren't able to spell correctly. That's my reasoning. Brad, what do you think about that? Um, I would have liked to see them sign an infielder at all. Yeah. Like they didn't. Nice. They didn't sign, they didn't yeah. sign a single <laughs> infielder. And it's the weakness oh, of this man. team is the dog crap infield. You got Brendan Crawford as your starting shortstop. You, you got J.D. Davis at first base. Like, yeah, you had J.D. Davis was, was actually – J.D. Davis was actually fairly good for that second half of the season. I – Here's the thing. This is this is this entire team is platoon guys. There is no no one that stands out as like a superstar or even a star. Um, I mean, but the thing is, the bench and the lineup is pretty interchangeable because of that reason. You know, it, it's like you can sub in Lamont Wade at first. You can sub in the outfield. Slater is the platoon guy. He is very effective anywhere in the outfield wherever you put him. Wilmer Flores, another guy, just plays the entire infield. 
Roberto Perez as our backup cat. Our the catcher situation is not very good. I I I do not like Joey Bart, but based on the the fact that the Giants just keep picking catchers every single draft, I don't know why we keep pitching keep picking catchers. Um, we have a lot of depth at this position in the minors. It's just none of them are uh, showing out yet. I'm a little bit worried about that, but um, th- there is a couple things to be worried about on this team. Um, but you do have a lot of these players that were difference makers on the 2021 roster coming back from injuries that, that stopped their 2022 season. So I am a bit hopeful that, you know, it starts to turn around this season and we reach not the 107 win mark, which was monumental, but m- more of like a reasonable area between 500 and a, a couple of games above 500, obviously is what I'm saying. Um, I'll, I'll bring us through the rotation. I think I think this rotation is slightly worse than the 2021 and 2022 rosters. Um, we got Logan Webb leading the uh, leading the charge here. Alex Cobb, who I think might have a bounce back season. I think he's lined up to have a bit of a bounce back. A couple uh, expected stats say uh, that he deserves to be uh, a little bit better than stats gave him. Uh, Ross Stripling. Brad, you like Ross Stripling. Chicken strips. Um, yep. Alex Wood. We got two Alexes on the team, both scrappy dudes that aren't necessarily stars. I'm pretty high on Sean Manaya. However, he's not looked very good in spring training. I think he's got a lot of potential, and I hope the Giants can kind of help him uh, develop uh, his mechanics along so that he doesn't get shelled. Um, and I'm a little interested that that Desclafani made it to the bullpen, and he's not a starter. I don't know if he, we're going to run a six-man to start the year or if he's going to work his way up uh, or if he's on limited innings. I'm not really sure about that right now. Um, but how are we feeling about this rotation? I, it's not the best thing, but I think it's within that top – like 16 range top 15 range well I, I mean the 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 giants do a good job with pitchers like you saw Carlos Rodon kind of he came in he had a good 2021 came to the giants had a better 2022 and then got a giant deal from the yankees so uh, he had one bad outing tom Woo! um so obviously they're going like the pitching staff's gonna be somewhat decent and honestly it doesn't on paper it doesn't look terrible I know Brad's not super high on Logan Webb, um, but he loves Ross Stripling. Sean Manaya needs to kind of have a bounce back or not a bounce, like needs to have a somewhat decent season or else he's probably uh, one foot out the door. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously if one of these guys doesn't perform, there's a guy with his, uh, with his foot in the door uh, who I'm excited to watch pitch. I just need to watch Kyle Harrison. We'll talk about him more later, but that is another guy that could take over four or five spot in this rotation um but let's go ahead and move on to the bullpen i like this oh brad go ahead speak speak on the rotation speak go uh, <laughs> i feel like last year we were supposed to have a logan webb breakout it didn't it wasn't a bad season by any means but i think he kind of just solidified himself as like a number two on most good teams which yeah is, i feel like i feel like, fine yeah i feel like after his performance in the uh nlds against the, Do- the dodgers he was so good that series uh, that was kind of how we, why we all expected him to have this breakout. He's kind of a ground ball pitcher, not necessarily a power guy. Um, but I, I think there is this potential for him to, you know, be a guy that lasts a long time out there like Sandy Alcantara. Um, I, I, he's not necessarily like this superstar. Um, but I think he does get a lot of ground balls and he, what he does do is he eats a lot of innings. He pitched 192 last season. I think that's going to be very valuable to this team. Yeah. And Alex Wood by no stretch of the imagination was good last year. He was not great. Um, Ross Stripling was actually yeah. one of the most productive Toronto pitchers outside of, you know, Gossman and Manoa. Um, he was effectively the three starter. Uh, he was, he was pretty good last year. And like, he's been an all-star with the Dodgers before he struggled through 2020 and 2021, but again, the giants can develop pitching and maintain pitching. And I think he'll be fine there. Yeah. And I think uh, moving on to the bullpen, obviously we got, who I think might be the reliever of the year. He's going to be in that conversation, Camilo Duvall. He is, he is, he's that guy. I think he's proved it now for two years. Pretty consistent coming out of the bullpen. And then you got the Rogers brothers. You got Taylor and Tyler. Um, Tyler Rogers scares me so much. He is so scary to watch. I mean, he pitches so slow and he gets absolutely shelled sometimes. I don't know how he was so good in 2021. I'm very critical on my guys, by the way. Um, but I just, I see a potential return to form next season. I think um, Taylor Rogers, it has more potential than Tyler, obviously being a left-handed pitcher in this bullpen. Um, and I, I think that the giants have the tools to kind of 
progress him forward as well. Uh, as if, I mean, the, the Brewers did too, but I think the Giants are even better in that pitching department. Uh, they got John Brevia and Jacob Junis. Those two guys were stars in 2021. They were good in 2021. Last year, saw some regression. Uh, I got Sam Long, Scott Alexander. And then right now on the IL is Luke Jackson, but he'll be coming back midseason, I believe. Um, he He's going to be good in this bullpen. Uh, was good on the Braves. So, I mean, that's another guy that we can be using that bullpen. There's about four or five guys that are I, I feel confident bringing into the game. Um, I think this makes him a top 10 bullpen in baseball. I And, and, and top 10 is – I think I think they're in that bottom two in that top ten list, but they're in the top ten. Brad, what do you think? I'm gonna have to. I, I'm gonna go through before opening day, and I'm gonna look and like rank everything. I feel like they're more of an eleven to fifteen. In all honesty, like outside of Doval, it's like you, you could have Taylor Rogers as the setup man, but there's just I don't know if they perform how they did last year. It's a god awful bullpen. Absolutely. And I worry about injuries with this bullpen because you don't really know what they have past this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at this point, it's such an anomaly. The last season, I say that a million times, but like, you, you, I don't know what to expect from this bullpen. They could be the twenty twenty one form and win and be the difference maker in these games and end up winning us another twenty games, or they could be what they were last year and we'd end up doing five hundred again. And it's just, I don't know what to expect from this bullpen. There's not much that analytics can even tell you because their analytics were just falling off the face of the bill. Like they just fell off last season. And I don't know how they're going to bounce back from that this season. Um, so so let's head let's head over into their their lineup. They got JD Davis at first, Tyrell Estrada at second, Jock Peterson at DH, Mitch Haniger at right field, Mike Stremski out in center, Michael Conforto on left, David VR at third base, Brandon Crawford at shortstop and joey behind the dish the top six are pretty good it's fine yeah i mean so obviously brandon crawford dealing with some injuries but i think we're all forgetting that he batted 300 and hit like uh, like 20 something home runs and while also having a gold glove defensive season um i mean he's, not gonna, he's never gonna do that again um but uh it's also 36 I, right now yeah, there's there's a lot of old people in this league dominating right now. Trust me, it's it's thirty six year old shortstop. No, um, haters out the door. Uh, Brandon Crawford, I think, will have a some sort of bounce back. I think the reason that he was struggling last year was obviously because injury, and that that injury kind of kept him off the field, especially with consistency. I think getting into a groove is important as a player. So I think he might be one of those difference makers. I don't think he's going to be one of the best bats in the lineup by any means, but. I, his 2021 was arguably one of the best seasons. Actually, not arguably the best season of his career. And if he can do something like that again, it would definitely be a difference maker for this team. And I think the one through six is fairly underrated. I think Michael Conforto has the chance to come back and be the Michael Conforto he was his whole career because he, as I looked back, was actually like an all-star level player his entire career. He's very good at baseball. I don't know how he didn't get signed last year. Um, and then you got Mitch Haniger, another guy. Yeah, uh, th- there's a lot of injury concern with, with the guys we signed. I'm concerned about Mitch Haniger and Michael Conforto making it a whole full season, but they both have the tools to be all-stars this season. Um, I think you talk about 2022 being the anomaly. I think you have the wrong year there. I think you have 2021 should be the anomaly. I'd like to reference this for a minute. Their winning percentages by year. From 2017, went to 395, 451, 475, 483, 660, and 500. I feel like nope. we're just back along like their progression. Well, I mean, there also was management change in the year that we um we had that 660. So there there's a lot of differences that 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 kind of went into that season. And I feel like not necessarily that that 660 is the new norm, but being a better team is the new norm. You know, going back on the years before that, we were under bad management. Well, Bruce Bochy was great, but like it was the end of his career, as at least. Um, and nothing was really clicking, I guess. And says what you got. You're you're just, I just say something. I just disagree with like like Brad makes a fair point. You had one really good season, and now you're back on track of being mediocre again. Like. Like, yeah, you had all that managerial and all the front office switching and stuff like that, but, like, it, it was – it was you won in 
what'd you win? You won in was it 12, 12 it was 10, 12, and 14. Yeah. And then you've kind of been mediocre to pretty good since then. Like you made the playoffs in 2015 and 2016. Yeah, but you sucked and you lost. You didn't make it in 15. Uh, um, but like, I oh, mean, sure. I, yeah, I, sorry, Brad's Brad Brad brings up a fair point. In the last five six years, you have not been really the Giants haven't been like the epitome of of winning that it feels like you're trying to hype them up to be, which is fine. I mean, like it's your it's your team that's what you're supposed to do. But like, you have to look at it as like, yeah, they had a very very good 2021. That was it was incredible. It was an incredible run, but now they're kind of back down to earth again. I, think I mean, it's the moves you make to get there, too. Brad, go ahead. That, that was the 100th percentile of everything going right. Last year was more that, of the 25th percentile, like the 30th percentile. But the thing is, you are once again counting on a lineup of injury-plagued players. Like, J.D. Davis has never consistently been good. Tyro Estrada's young. There's potential there. Peterson kind of cannot hit left-handed pitching. He was a little bit better last year. Um, Haniger barely played, and he's barely played besides 2021. Yastrzemski kind of, okay, he's kind of showed that 2020 was a bit of an outlier. He was good in 2021, but he was not at the same pace. Michael Conforto, very good, hasn't played really in two years. And then you kind of fall off a cliff. Uh, keep hating on Brandon Crawford, baby. I'm telling you, Mike Yastrzemski is going to put up an 850 OPS. He's going to have a bounce back season offensively. He's already one of the better defensive center fielders out there. What says? So, so when we talk about, we talk about floor and ceilings, right? Like this is in the biggest thing, I think. And yeah, I probably can agree with that. Maybe not the biggest, but it's definitely like top five biggest, I would say. Um, but like 2021 um, was like, that was the ceiling. Like you somehow broke the ceiling for, for a, a for a team, right? Hell yeah. And, and looking at like, looking at this team like as as constructed right now you have holes that you need to fill. um and I, I think you have you have good you have good management and i think you you have the ability to but i don't i just i'm i just i i'm worried about their future your the future of the giants more than anything else like we oh, talked yeah. about yeah, the future, the future it we talked about it last year and we all agreed that they should probably have traded at the deadline to try and kind of yeah. reset the clock and try and not even reset but kind of like retool and they didn't do that and now you're looking at a bunch of injury injured players and at best you're third in the west yeah and honestly which is why another thing why the um why the volatility is so high. If the season's not going well, I think there's going to be a fire sale. I think there's going there without a doubt will be a sale of a lot of players on our team. Um, because after the season or after I think we have about two or three more seasons with this core, offensively at least. Um what even is the core? Peterson, Peterson, Haniger, Conforto. Yastrzemski, Conforto. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was your core, core in your good year. The core, the core in our good year was a bunch of nobodies. There was no core. Yeah. Everyone was good. Everyone on the team was good. There was no core because everyone was the core. The Giants just became one and meshed it. So, realistically, the young talent on this team is Kyle Harrison. Yeah, you can say Tyra Estrada maybe and Camilo Doval. The rest of them, I mean, Logan Webb is going to reach free agency before we even end this 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 attempt at a, at a, at a run here. Um. So I, I don't see why if the Giants are out of contention at the deadline that they don't sell. I mean, that they do I mean, sell. So, we, you know, said what I'm that like, last year, too, and they didn't sell. No, that that would that makes no sense because no coming off a 107 win season and then selling the next season. That's that's Nats. Sorry. Um, ha, ah, I mean, no, they're okay. actually bad in 2020 and then sold in 2020. Oh, yeah. But like, true. yeah. It, I mean, you literally you were completely out of contention. There was there was no way, and you you definitely could have tried and flip Rodon for something. And oh yeah, held on to Rodon and let him. I'm not the through. GM. I told you to do. I'm I saying I'm saying you as the Giants as a whole. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think this season. I mean, Stevs, like you mentioned, 2020 was a bad season for the Nats. 2021 was a um. A bit of a comeback season. They were in that range, and then Kyle Schwarber got hurt, and then everything fell fell apart. Yeah, so I think Schwarber fell, and then Brad Hand sucks. I think I think this is, I I think this 
same pattern might happen to the Giants. You know, karma, they say karma is a, I can't say it on the podcast, but karma does some things to you. And I made fun of Stevs so many times about this, and it's going to happen to me too. But with that being said, their ceiling is not 107 wins, but their ceiling is very high. I'm telling you their ceiling is very high. You can, you can. On what's the, what's the ceiling? Give me, no, no. Give me, give me your number. What's your ceiling? Their ceiling is like 92 games. I'm not even kidding. If ever if, if, if they get the hundredth percentile from this 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 squad, Steps, if it Steps, look at me and tell me if in 2021, if you saw this Giants roster in 2021, you would have told me that they would have won 107 games. You would have told me they won 80 games. They they were everything went right. In I 2021, think, I if you said 90 games, it would have been like I mean 90, on their best yeah, 90, day, yeah. But yeah. I in 2023, 90 is stretching it. Brad. The thing is, right, like you could reasonably get a good season from every starting pitcher. You could reasonably get a solid season from most of the bullpen arms. And you could reasonably get a pretty good season from most of the bats, right? And if you do that, you have to compete with the Dodgers and Padres. You got to compete with the AL East, the AL West, and and the NL East. Is that team going to steal wins from the Dodgers, the Padres, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, the Yankees, the Blues. Like, that's the thing. I don't think this team steals those wins. And for that reason, I I say it's more of an 88 to 90 win ceiling. Um, well, we talk about ceilings with these teams, right? And we, we were like, if everything goes right, if everything goes right, you know, but it's highly unlikely. But the thing is, the the difference between this team and every other team in baseball is that no other team has reached the ceiling like we did, and that that proves that we can do it and that it can happen again. You know what I'm saying, Stevs? Stevs, you got it's, super angry when I said that. It's <laughs> it's a it's it's not the same team though. They're older. They're more injured. Like like this team is very injury prone. If everything goes right, 86 to 88 wins would be my ceiling for them. Like, let's, get I, I into don't, the, let's get into it. I'm, I just I'm don't, so I don't see it. You know, Stevs, lead us off. Just no, you lead us off. It's your team. That's fair. The San Francisco Giants will go <clears throat> 89 and 73 this season. And that is, their, that is one, that is, that is high. Um, but I am expecting things to work out this season. And I will say under this, I wrote extremely high volatility. This could go very wrong. Um, so yes, it could go very wrong, but there, there's no bias. This is, this is, this is me looking through the lens of an unbiased sports fan. Um, team MVP, I got Michael Conforto. I feel like Michael Conforto will have a breakout season. I think he will break out and be the Michael Conforto. He's been his whole career. Most important player, Mitch Hanniger. He has to be healthy this season. Um, when he's on the field, he's hitting like 35 home runs a season. He will be very good if he's on the field this season. Just need him to stay healthy. Uh, as for Cy Young, I have Camilo Doval. I think he's going to win the Reliever of the Year award. No bias there. And then for the breakout, I think a, a I think a spot in that starting five rotation will open up midseason, and I think Kyle Harrison will take advantage of that, and he will be the breakout player for the Giants. Um, I had them going eighty three and seventy nine. So they're better. They're better than last year. Um, I definitely think they made the right moves. Uh, not all the right moves, but they made some good moves in the offseason. They, they're a better team than they were last year. Again, injuries are a concern. MVP, I have Jock Peterson. He needs to learn how to hit lefty pitching, but um, he's really kind of the Giants' best player. Uh, Cy Young, Logan Webb. Breakout, Michael Conforto. I'm really excited to see him play this year. Um, I, I honestly don't have a most important player on this team. I would say like just health in general or like the starting rotation to play to their ceiling um or or and like or maybe like the development of sean Manaya to have him come back um because if he can then at least you have a trade piece at the deadline so w- w- which one I'm, i don't i don't know i'm uh, let's go with sean Manaya because he's the only actual player that's valid and, and i'm ready for brad you know i i'm, I'm very curious what you got here brad Especially i also have them at 83 and no 79. There's just you look over the past couple of seasons, right? And teams that have succeeded. The Giants had a star in 2021. They had two of them. They had Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. Neither of them 
or one's retired and one's not the same anymore. Brandon Crawford was somehow fantastic in 2021 and he's not that anymore. They don't have a star anymore. They really don't. And that hurts them. I think their MVP is Jock Peterson's bat. There's a reason I specified the bat because uh, that glove is God awful. Um, with their Cy Young, I could go a lot of ways with this, but I'm going to, I'll take the long ball and I'm going to go with Kyle Harrison. I think he's going to like zoom through AAA pretty quickly. Right. And I think he's just going to, he's going to get called up and we didn't really get to talk about his profile. Uh, we were busy bickering about the giants because we do that a good amount. Uh, Kyle Harrison is a great strikeout pitcher. He's got a really high walk rate and he doesn't know what a ground ball is. But his fastball has the potential to be the best fastball in baseball. Like, given its release spot and the shape on it, it could easily be the best pitch in baseball. Uh, and that's a good thing you want a starting pitcher to have. Um, I think their most important piece, though, is their bullpen. And because the bullpen falters, the late game falters, and the team falls apart again. Yeah, and more importantly for the Giants than other teams, because Gabe Kapler loves calling to the bullpen. He loves using as many changes as possible during a game. So I really think that, you know, everyone's going to have to – someone's going to have to step up. I think they got some pieces that are able to do that, so I'm hoping that it works out for them. I'm just ready to watch the season. I'm going to watch so many Giants games this season. I don't – I'm just – I'm anticipating, like, a very good season from them, but I'm also prepared for a uh, a disappointing season as well. The volatility is so high. You want to get into that, Brad? What's their floor? What do you got for the floor? I'm not 75 and 87, but that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah it's like, right. they don't succeed. They're injured and they sell at the deadline and the diamondbacks are solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense, but their ceiling. We already talked about this. We already hinted around Brad. What do you, what'd you have them at? 90 and 72. Steve. I would have them at around 88 wins. Uh, for my ceiling, I have at 135, but. No, guys, I'm I'm kidding. It it was it was like ninety two, ninety three. But who who knows, man? You know, I I I have learned not to doubt this team anymore. Well, I do doubt them a lot sometimes, but you know, um, it's just what a weird team, man. I love the Giants, though. I'm I'm ready to watch the season. All right, thank you all for listening to the Four A Baseball Podcast. The San Francisco Giants and Arizona Diamondbacks will be two teams we definitely need to watch during 2021. Thank you for joining us for all four episodes this week. If you have, if you haven't, go go uh, go check those ones out. They're pretty good ones. Uh, Dodgers and Padres will be the next episode we release. That'll kick off our week next week. If you want to interact with us at all, all social media links will be in the description below. Thank you for listening to the Four A Baseball Podcast. We will see you all next time. Peace.